my uh, friends overseas, they love Baltimore. Baltimore, it just to them seems like home when they get there. This is episode 18 of the Travel Podcast. And today we're discovering an up and coming city break hotspot on the East Coast of America, Baltimore. Welcome back, I'm Matthew from The Travel Podcast, and on this episode, we will be exploring Baltimore's vibrant community, finding out how it influenced the American National Anthem, its food and drink scene, and its passion for sport. I'm joined by our special guest, Eric, the Director of Tourism for Visit Baltimore, and he will be sharing his knowledge, recommendation, and a few of his own favorite things to do in Baltimore. A reminder about our sponsor, Not Just Travel, where holidays are made even better. Thanks to their award-winning travel consultants and their new Book and Relax guarantee to give you that peace of mind when you're booking your next travel plans. Make sure you check them out at notjusttravel.com. Now, let's get this episode started. So, Eric, before I go any further, could you just introduce yourself to our listeners and just delve into Baltimore as a city itself? Sure. Thank you, Matthew. My name is Eric Masterton, and I am the Director of Tourism for Visit Baltimore, and I will be going on my 13th year as of this May. So I've been there quite quite a long time. And for those who may not know about Baltimore, where might listeners have, have heard the name Baltimore before? So Baltimore is widely known for sports. Uh, it's a big sports town. We've got two arenas right downtown. Uh, one of the most famous baseball parks in the entire nation. In fact, many of them are are sort of designed after Camden Yards in Baltimore. So sports is a big one. We've got the Baltimore Ravens who, you know, they do come over to and play in London occasionally, uh, as well as the Baltimore Orioles. Also, John Waters is a very famous, he's an actor as well as a film, a, a film screenwriter. And he has written a lot of movies, uh, some musicals that are about Baltimore. You probably have heard of them, obviously, Hairspray. Cry Baby uh, is another one with Johnny Depp. And a lot of indie films that are way off the mark. <laughs> Pink Flamingos, to mention one of them, but many of them. And he's, you know, he is Baltimore's own, you know, movie star. So a lot of people know Baltimore from that. And then, of course, we have Veep, which is, you know, it's an American docudrama. It's actually a comedy, House of Cards, and then The Wire. I'm sure people have seen The Wire was filmed in Baltimore for nine years, put Baltimore on the map, and certainly put our movie crew and grips and, and all those people on the map because we have one of the most experienced you know, cast group in the country. And the reason for that is that Baltimore, you know, the architectural style in Baltimore is very much like Philadelphia, Washington, DC, parts of New York and Boston. And for a while, there were some great stipends for people to film. So Baltimore was used as the backdrop for that, as well as over 65 full feature movies. Baltimore has been parts of that, either they were filmed in Baltimore and Baltimore was the star, or they were filmed in Baltimore and it wasn't really mentioned, it was somewhere else. But so a lot of people know Baltimore from the cinema and movies and of course, seafood. Seafood's really big, but we'll talk about that later. No, definitely. I think, I mean, I've watched The Wire and it is, I think, probably one of the best TV shows that's ever been produced and, and made. And it is very gripping. And it's great to hear that that sort of then kick-started that wonderful movement. And one thing that I didn't really know until watching that and then delving a bit more into Baltimore is, like you said, the architecture is akin to Philadelphia and Boston's. Just to go to the, to the 
for the city itself to see that the architecture is is something that I definitely recommend people to do. But I mentioned it is on the uh, east coast of America. Then I know you mentioned the Chesapeake there, the Bay Area, so on the on the waterfront there. How easy is it to access Baltimore? So Baltimore, I mean, that ease of access is one of the things that we actually use as a Convention and Visitors Bureau um, because Baltimore is so accessible. Geographically speaking, Baltimore was very famous way back in the 1700s because of its location on the Chesapeake. It is the farthest west city that you can get to by boat on the eastern coast of the United States. And because of that, the railroad was started in Baltimore and it gave, you know, we could import stuff from Baltimore into the middle of America, which was just starting to grow at that period of time. So Baltimore was also known for its deep water harbor. We had one of the deepest water harbors and very protected, very ultra protected. It's about 250 miles from open ocean, but it's brackish, it's salt water. So it's almost like you're on the ocean, even though you're very, very protected from the big, you know, the big waves that are down by Ocean City and places like that. As far as travel is concerned, Baltimore is on, um, we have Amtrak over here. We have uh, Amtrak on the East Coast. And so it's very accessible. Uh, we have a we have a Penn Station as well. There's Penn Station, New York, and Penn Station, Baltimore. We are on, there's at least, you know, 30 to 40 rail, you know, trains that go by each day. And we have, you know, a few different classes of that. So people do choose to travel the, uh, the higher class rail, which is called the Asela, or, you know, the Metroliner. A lot of people commute. You can actually go to New York City for lunch and be back before dinner. It's very, very easy to, to do that and highly recommended over driving, <laughs> although it is fairly easy to drive. But the 95 Interstate 95 in the United States is one of the most traveled uh, interstates in the country. So rail is easy. And as far as you know, getting there by plane, Baltimore is a hub to Southwest Airlines, which some of you may know if you come to the United States a lot. It is our low cost domestic airline uh, out of uh, Texas, but one of the large hubs is actually in Baltimore at the Baltimore Washington International Airport. And that services Central America, the Caribbean, Mexico, um, and all of the United States. And soon will be, actually soon will be serving Europe. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to take with all that's going on in the world right now, but it's really easy to get to Baltimore. And the great thing is once you get there, it's really easy to get around. We have a free bus system. It's called the Charm City Circulator. And you can actually, it's a hop-on, hop-off tourist bus. You can get on and see all the parts of Baltimore that you want to see for free. And then we also have a water taxi system, which is very affordable. And you can buy a a day pass and get around to all of the really cool, uh, hip and trendy waterfront neighborhoods. So easy to get to, easy to get around. And nice. From a location point of view, a lot of people think America is so vast, but in the Northeast, especially cities are very close together, especially the big cities. Being able to base yourself in Baltimore, get up to New York and back in a day is, is a great opportunity or if people want to look at multi-centers and Amtrak, especially in the Northeast is, like you said, an amazing tool to be able to get around rather than driving. And just on that, there's so much rich culture and history in that part of the States. Have you got any facts which listeners may not know about um, Baltimore? Sure. Lots of, I mean, there's at least 150 uh, Baltimore firsts. It's actually a, a poster that you can buy in Baltimore. And I don't know them all, but 
but there's some really interesting things about Baltimore. But one of the most important thing that really um, relates to the historical relevance of Baltimore to the United States is the fact that it was the second port of immigration. We, you know, uh, over by Fort McHenry, uh, which is another thing that we'll talk about in a moment, was the actual immigration center of Baltimore, and they would bring them in. And then this new hotel that we have, the Sagamore Pendry, was once the uh, it was the pier where the where the ships came after processing to drop people off in Baltimore. So Baltimore has an enormously rich culture of. Irish, Polish, Russian. We even have a little Mexico that is over in one of the neighborhoods. But out of those 200 and more than 250 neighborhoods in Baltimore, a lot of them are re- were settled, you know, back in the in the late 17, early 1800s by many people from Europe. So it's a very mixed, diverse group of people that live there. Um, the other thing about Baltimore is that during the War of 1812, when this lovely country called England decided to come over to America, they had, uh, they had the British fleet had burned Washington, D.C. to the ground, and Baltimoreans thought that they were going to be next. So they built all these earthen trenches, and they built this fort called Fort McHenry, and a thousand men and women were, they fought this war over the course of one night. And a lawyer from Baltimore, uh, Francis Scott Key, who maybe you might know who that is, uh, was held prisoner on a ship in the Inner Harbor, or actually a little bit outside of the Inner Harbor. And when the smoke cleared after uh, 24 hours of, of just, you know, bombs and missiles and going through the air, when the when the flag appeared in the in the dawn, that's when our national anthem was written. Uh, so we are very significant to the American story. In fact, you can go to the Fort, uh, Fort McHenry and they actually have the story there and you can actually see what size the flag was. So there's a couple of really, really cool, you know, things about Baltimore that a lot of people don't know, but there's also many things as far as um, the first umbrella factory was in Baltimore. Uh, the first balloon ascent was in Baltimore. And there's all these Baltimore firsts that some of them are very, very funny, but there are certainly things that you can look up on the internet if you ever want to see what Baltimore is is known for. The first uh, gas, gas streetlight was used commercially in Baltimore. So lots of stuff. Like I said, hundreds of hundreds of firsts. And it's a very up and coming, vibrant city. Where would you put it today compared to other regional cities and parts of the States? So I moved to Baltimore back in 1999, so a long time ago, and I lived in a, in a bunch of different neighborhoods. And back then, Baltimore was, you know, it was your typical you know, northeastern city. I didn't really think that there was a lot special about it, not knowing, not certainly working for the CVB back then, just because it was, there, there wasn't the, the kind of uh, tech and all the industry that is there now. I, I don't know if you know the, the brand Under Armour. There is a lovely, a 25-year-old company called Under Armour that is based in Baltimore. Kevin Plank is the uh, he is the, the mastermind behind that. And since Baltimore has Under Armour a lot, we, we, number one, we have a lot of young people that move to Baltimore, both athletic talent as well as talent that work for, for Baltimore. But we also have, you know, 13 universities. We have some of the best hospitals in the world, Johns Hopkins is actually in Baltimore. A lot of the financial companies have large headquarters 
headquarters in Baltimore. So very different city now than it was back in 1999. A lot of people now work in Washington, D.C. and live in Baltimore. Baltimore, you know, just the, the skyline in the past five years has tripled in size. We got a new Four Seasons about eight years ago. Um, we just had a new sky high rise that went up last last fall. And so everything's changing. And I think a lot of people, you know, they, they people know about Baltimore, but once they get there and they walk around, most people are blown away by what this little, you know, this little city has to offer as far as culinary and just the the quality of the museums that are, you know, that, that are unequaled. I mean, there's a couple of museums in Baltimore that are rated extremely high in the world culture. I mean, just uh, the American Visionary Art Museum and the Baltimore Museum of Art, which has the world's largest collection of Matisse. Um, I could go on, but Baltimore is, it is and was home for me for a long time. And it is home to a lot of really innovative people now, people that are coming in and starting companies and and restaurants and the, the, house, the houses, uh, you know, the architecture is, it's just so cool. I, I just, I love to walk around the neighborhoods of Baltimore and just see all these cool new houses, these townhouses that are going up. It's, it's just a really fun place to visit. And it's a place that, you know, a lot of people do call home. And I think that when you visit it, you get that. People are really proud to live in that city. And you mentioned there, you know, the real charm around the city. And it's obviously known for, from what you've mentioned, the diversity, very characterful neighbourhoods. And it's also part of the harbour. Is there any sort of, sort of recommendations on unique experiences or the, the diversity of where people should visit when they come to town? Yeah, I mean, there. as I said, there's many, many neighborhoods. Um, a lot of them are currently under gentrification. They're going to be, you know, there's a lot of um, what I've seen recently, which is really, really wonderful, because back in the day, I always looked at these public markets, much like an outdoor market you might have in London. But public market system in Baltimore is the oldest public market system in the United States. So for many years, you have these, these buildings, some of them six, seven, eight blocks long, that have gone through a complete renovation. So these are the hubs of each neighborhood, and there are five of them right now. And you can go in, you can get a beer, you can get a taco, get pizza, you can do yoga, you can get a drink on top of the roof, you can, you know, just a lot of fun stuff to do there. So I would say the neighborhoods that that I really, and you know, different ages, different people, they, they go to different neighborhoods. It's really funny in Baltimore because there's two specific neighborhoods, Canton and Federal Hill, and they're on either side of the harbor from each other and the people are so they're just they're they're they, they love their neighborhood so much that they don't go and visit the neighborhood across the way so it's it's funny how people really covet their neighborhoods and tend not to go between the two of them but very you know really nice upscale restaurants in Baltimore as well and you know in between all of that just really unique walks along that we have a six and a half mile promenade that you can walk or, uh, walk or bike on, which I think is it's really nice. And on the way, you know, when I get up and go to work in the morning, I get to walk a mile to work along the water and see all the big ships come in and go out. And that, you know, as far as, you know, stopping by to get a cup of coffee locally, you know, we you, you tend to have a lot of, you know, you do have your brands in Baltimore, but you have a lot of neighborhood like haunts, uh, you know, great coffee shops, that sort of stuff. So, and people really, it's all very unique. And that's what I, I really love about it is that it's not like 
You know, it's not like your big cities in the United States where there's a Starbucks on every corner. You've got these really nice, affordable places to go eat. You know, you can lunch by the water, you can dine by the, you know, by the water at nighttime for a fraction of the cost that you can do that for in other countries, excuse me, other cities on the East Coast. So, and that's another reason why people love Baltimore. You actually can afford it. I mean, you can stay in Four Seasons and uh, have that five-star experience for a three-star price. That's amazing. And I, I know you mentioned about the culinary ex- scene and the experience there. And I can see that being by the seaside, is seafood a big part of the culinary scene? Yeah. So um, the Chesapeake Bay is a very unique body of water. It is at some points almost, you know, 15 miles across, but it's very, very shallow. It's only, you know, maybe 21 feet is the average depth of this body of water. And so it, it really harbors all this wonderful seafood. So oysters and rockfish and, of course, the Maryland crab, which, you know, Baltimore has a lot of places that serve that. That is like that's what a lot of people think about when they think about Baltimore is the seafood. And also, I mean, the other the great thing, being an avid sailor myself. Um, sailing on the Chesapeake Bay is is just absolutely fantastic, and so you can actually bring your you know your sailboat or your motor yacht right into downtown Baltimore and have a great meal. So, and, and then of course there are a lot of farms that are on the inner that are on the the harbor and out in the Chesapeake Bay that grow the oysters. So it's a really cool, uh, you know, you get that old seaman sort of pastime, you know, and that feeling you can certainly go out. Uh, there's there, there are a couple of tours that you can go out and see how our oysters are farmed. It's just a very unique place. It definitely sounds it. And I know you previously mentioned sport. I know how passionate the fans are for both the baseball team and the American football team. If someone wants to go over and, and watch one of the teams, is it during the season, obviously, is it quite easy to pick up tickets or would they be able to build the atmosphere by just going to some of the local bars and restaurants if they can't get to the stadium itself during that time? Well, it's actually very accessible. You know, there's 88 home games for the Orioles. Uh, there's eight home games for the Ravens. All of them work with receptive operators if you want to buy tickets to them. But I will tell you that, you know, game days are are pretty special times in Baltimore. People usually get off of work early when we you know, when the Red Sox or the, you know, the Red Sox or the, uh, the Yankees or the Blue Jays are in town, um, they'll get off work early and they'll do this uh, tailgating. You know, they'll they'll either go to the parking lot of uh, Camden Yards and sometimes they don't even go into the game. <laughs> they might just sit out there and drink beers and eat hot dogs and all that sort of stuff. But you can literally walk into Camden Yards and sometimes for 10 bucks, you can go. There's a really nice bar that overlooks the scoreboard and it's it's very easy to get to. And a lot of my friends and I will, will be like, hey, we'll just go to watch the game for maybe an hour. Maybe I don't want to be stuck in the crowd at the beginning and the end. But yeah, it's really, really easy. I mean, if you want to get the good seats, they're still not as expensive, not even half as expensive as, you know, the games in, you know, New York and Boston and other places. So we actually, um, during the Red Sox games and the New York Yankees games, the entire city of Baltimore, all the hotels are filled with New Yorkers um, and Bostonians because it's cheaper to bring their entire family all the way down to Baltimore, stay in a hotel and get a game ticket than it is to go see a game in their own backyard. So that's what makes Baltimore pretty special is that everything's very accessible. Um, so if you like the game, uh, you know, when I uh, have fam groups in from overseas, I'll take them to see the baseball game. Sometimes we just sit and chat, but you've got this beautiful view of the ball game going on, but it's more about the, it's more about the whole 
you know, atmosphere of, um, you know, watching the scoreboard and the games and all that sort of stuff. You probably know, you know, a lot about what Baltimore, not Baltimore, but, you know, just games in general, but very accessible, very easy to get to. No, definitely. I think uh, for anyone who's listening hasn't been to a baseball game but knows cricket, you're listening around the world, then I think it's very similar to a, a game of 2020 cricket, especially in the sunshine. You go in there, it's a bit, it's very social where everyone goes, has food, drink, talks, watches the game, it's going on in the background. So it's a very friendly social scene. If you like that and, and you want something like an experience, I can highly, highly recommend it. And mo- moving on from there, and I know you mentioned obviously you've got lots of travellers from Boston and New York come down. So is very very accessible if someone was coming over to baltimore and wanted to stay is it do you have like a sort of length of stay you normally would recommend to make sure they get most of it and also would you see it as part of a tour so if someone was doing like an east coast tour or potentially going out to the beaches and dc any recommendations? Well, I think you hit on it really well there. I mean, I think all of the cities on the East Coast are great to be part of a larger itinerary. It's very easy, as we talked about, to get from, you know, Kennedy in New York or or Liberty in New Jersey. Those are big airports where the people like to fly into, as well as Dulles. So we tend to be a two to three, like a three-day, two-night stop on most of our capital region itineraries. And that's the perfect amount of time to really, you know, sort of dig your feet into Baltimore and understand what a smaller, you know, East Coast city is like. And, you know, whether it's a fly drive, if you're coming in and you're renting a car, very easy to get around. I mean, you you do have the, you know, the the larger highways, you know, that go between D.C. and New York. But right outside of that, you know, 10 miles outside of that, you're sometimes you're on back roads. And so it's really easy to get around. And I, I really do think that, you know, the best itinerary either starts or ends at either Kennedy or Dulles. And you get that whole capital region experience. You get, you know, Maryland is considered, there, there's a there's a tagline, it's called the, the country, you know, the United States or America in miniature. Because on the far west of Maryland, you've got the ski slopes. And on the far east, you've got, you know, the beaches. And you can get all of that in a really nice itinerary that includes New York City, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Baltimore, um, and some of the smaller historic, you know, towns that are along the way, as well as really beautiful outdoor spaces through, you know, the Shenandoah River Valley and, of course, the lovely beaches. So, you know, Baltimore is your urban, sort of your your rural stop. Uh, You get your good food on and you get your, uh, you know, some great culture. And then you move on to, you know, some more beautiful sites. Pick in more of America. I see that. So I have a great, like you said, for a little city break, jump out two nights, three nights, really get delve delve into the city or part of a bigger tour and especially from the UK and a lot of people fly drive or even as you mentioned earlier the trains in that in that area of of America are very good other parts of the states don't really have public transport like that so it's another opportunity if you are concerned about driving on the other side of the road depending on where where you're listening from you can definitely jump on the train it's so easy from there to get around or use the likes of Uber and local taxis to get around and once you're in the the cities like Boston or or um, Baltimore, especially, is, is very walkable from from what I've seen and from from what you've talked to us about. So, just to sort of wrap up and and finish, what would you give as a your view of Baltimore? That you'd like to get out to everyone that's listening. <laughs> 
My Baltimore, um, and we all talk about this at work. We all have different my Baltimores. My Baltimore is is really about is really about being outside, dining outside, dining on rooftops, having a beer. You know, I'm allergic to seafood. Unfortunately, I, I work for a, a city that has amazing seafood, but I can't eat it. But you know, bring with a, a group of people at one of the the waterside bars and restaurants and eating. You know, there's outdoor movies all summer long. There's fantastic you know outdoor music venues in Baltimore. So my Baltimore is really about culture. I, I, I love the fact that any given night of any day of the week, there's always, you know, some fantastic theater, you know, some homespun theater or, you know, a great concert or live, you know, band at a bar. And of course, I like to do it on my boat. So I'd like to take my boat from, you know, one side of the harbor to the other. And that's a whole other part of, you know, my favorite part of Baltimore. But I think that what what people, you know, coming in from other countries really get when they get to Baltimore is this really amazing sense of comfort. The people that are, you know, live in Maryland and Baltimore and that whole area of the United, of the Eastern United States, just very, very, you know, a charming, very nice people, very accepting. There are many languages that are spoken in Baltimore. So it does seem like a little bit of Europe and it looks a lot like Europe. You've got these really beautiful cobblestone streets with gas lights and then you've got your, you know, your fancy. It's, you know, it does remind me a lot of London. When I come to London, I see a lot of um, Baltimore and London. Reminds me of Hamburg, Germany as well, because you've got the water coming in. So, you know, when you walk through Baltimore, you could almost be in another country, but you've got these really, really nice, friendly people. And, you know, for, for tourists coming in, you know, it, it, of course, they want to go and see the big cities. They want to see New York. They want to see D.C. But, you know, when they come back a second time and they want to spend a little bit more time, you know, delving into the you know, different culture of the East Coast. I mean, we've got your Four Seasons hotels. We've got your Sagamore Pendry. We have all these beautiful independent hotels that are so affordable and the food is so affordable. And it just really it's it's just a it's a definite shoe in on any sort of itinerary. And I have a feeling at least i know this from you know my my uh friends overseas they love baltimore baltimore it just to them seems like home when they get there so that's what we like to say you know charm city has many meetings in in baltimore i, I don't even think anybody really knows where the actual real relation comes from but to me it just means the people and just you know how comforting it is to be in an eastern you know city but not feel like you've got you're in the middle of a really you know crazy city it's very very just calm and complacent i think you've summed up very well there and again really painted a picture of, of what people experience when they get to baltimore and from listening and listening to you talk so passionately about about the city and the history which i didn't know about you know the, the fact that the national anthem was born there and how old the actual city is and the architecture it's, it's just vibrant and for those who want to see more about baltimore if you go to the travelpodcast.com and find this episode we'll have links to a lot of what we've talked about in the footnote and some pictures as well so you can really delve into the city before you can go out and tour it and and like eric said it may not even be the east coast you know now you've got lots of flights down to the caribbean so you could do a city break followed on by the caribbean or other parts of of the state so do make sure you check out baltimore and do go to travelpodcast.com to find some useful links to delve into the wonderful city that is Baltimore. So I just want to say thank you very much, Eric, for joining us on this episode. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day because I'm assuming it was about 10 o'clock 
uh, in the morning over there? It sure is. Oh, nice, nice. Well, have a wonderful day, and thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Matthew, and uh, I'll take you out to a ball game when you get to Baltimore the next time. Oh, definitely take you up on that one. I'll see you, speak to you soon. Take care. The Travel Podcast is sponsored by Not Just Travel, where it's not just travel, it's a way of life. We hope you liked this podcast. And if you did, please tell your friends, but also take a moment to rate us on iTunes as it helps spread the word. Thanks for listening.